0: You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius podcast. If we'll turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 10. Ephesians 2 verse 1. And Paul writes, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Father, I thank you for the reading of your word today. Now, God, I pray in these next few moments, you would just bless the speaking of your word. Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you, sir. Have your way. These are God's people. Bless God's people today. Use me as a mouthpiece. But that let the glory of God be all for you and unto you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, today I want to take a few moments and focus on the mighty work of God that he wrought through Jesus for us. For through him, through Jesus, our Heavenly Father procured for us redemption by way of the cross. As I was reading Ephesians chapter 2 a while back, four words jumped off the pages at me. Took inside of this, this beautiful passage of hope. I was drawn to four words that that stood out. Four words that that really grabbed my attention among all the others. And all the other words are equally as important. But these four words really grabbed my heart and my attention. Those four words are the first two words in verse 1 and you. And the first two words in verse four, but God. Paul used those words to draw a clear distinction between man's sin and God's grace. In verses one through three, I call these verses the "nu verses." Paul wrote about the sin for nature of man. But in verses 4 through 7, the but God verses, he wrote about the grace of God. He wrote that how through faith in Jesus, we stand acquitted, not guilty, in the presence of a holy God. So I've chosen a very simple towel for my message today. And it's simply this: and you, but God, and you but God. How many of you have seen the movie Hidden Figures? Anyone quite a few yeah, it's a great movie. if you've not seen it, I, I recommend that you that you that you that you that you watch it you know sometime I, I speak at home and and I make references to movies. I say, well, you know, I don't recommend you watch that, but I want to refer to this. That's a movie I recommend you watch. It's, it's a great, great movie. Hidden Figures tells the incredible story of Katherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughn, and Mary Jackson. Three brilliant African-American women who worked at NASA and were the brains behind the launch into orbit of astronaut John Glenn. This is during the time when America was in a race with Russia to determine which nation was going to lead the, the world in outer space exploration. This movie gives a stunning achievement and how NASA turned around the space race. It also shows how the visionary trio of Catherine, Dorothy, and Mary cross over gender and racial barriers to inspire others for generations to come. Now in the movie, there's a scene where John Glenn has has orbited Earth and he's now re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. And in this scene... All communication is lost. Now the loss of communication was quite concerning to NASA, to the people back at the command post. Because prior to losing communication, Glenn had voiced that he was experiencing extreme heat inside of the vessel. And Those in the control room were naturally concerned, fearful that certain components on the spacecraft had failed and and, and that Glenn was no longer protected and that he was going to burn up as he re-entered the Earth's atmosphere. As you can imagine, when when communication was, was, was regained, there was a loud roar of celebration inside of NASA's command post when Glenn suddenly responded to their frantic plea to know if he was okay. NASA later learned why they lost communication and what happens when a vessel re-enters the Earth's atmosphere from outer space. When a spacecraft returns from its orbital flight, there is a blackout period of about four minutes When all communication is lost due to the intense heat that is generated by the spacecraft's re-entry into our atmosphere. This phenomenon experienced by a spacecraft during re-entry is known as re-entry blackout. And that is what John Glenn encountered as he re-entered the Earth's atmosphere during that four-minute period of intense Why did I tell that story? I told that story because the Bible teaches us that man once existed in a period of spiritual blackout. A time when there was no communication between God, our creator, and our heavenly father, and man whom he created in his own image. And sadly... Many people still exist in that state. They have no communication with God. Spiritually, they're blind. Isaiah puts it this way in Isaiah 59 verse 10. We grope like the blind along a wall, filling our way like people without eyes. Even at the brightest noontime, we stumble as though it were dark. Second Corinthians 4.4 four says the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. That is spiritual blackout. And many people live in, in, in that darkness because they have rejected the light of our Savior and you but God. You were once blind like those who do not know God but now you see you were once deaf, but now you hear. You were strangers to the coveted promise, but God brought you near by the blood of Christ, by the cross of Christ. You once walked according to the God of this world, but now you live by the word of God. You were once dead in your trespasses and sins, but now you are alive. Because you've been cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus. And I was preparing this message. The Lord reminded me of a blind man. He was healed. And the story is found in John chapter 9. Jesus and his disciples, they they came upon a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, who had sinned? This man or his parents? That he was born blind. The Lord said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Let me stop hearing the story and say to you, do not fret over what you might be currently going through. Do not try to figure out why certain things are, are happening because you may not be given the reason why. But I submit this to you. Could it be that you're going through what you're going through so the power of God could be seen in you? Could it be that you're experiencing difficulties or what appears to be setbacks because God wants to manifest himself to you and through you in ways that brings glory to him? You may be blind to some things right now, but the time is coming when Jesus is going to open your eyes. Jesus said to his disciples, the night is coming when no one can see. But as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When Jesus is in your world, you have the light that he alone can give. But those who do not know him are are still in the dark. They have no but God to fall back on. They only have the and you. And the and you always puts us in the place of having to get by on our own strength or by our own marriage. The and you without the but God provides no hope for eternity with God because we alone can never be good enough to please him. Without Jesus in your world, there is no light in your world. Back to the blind man. Jesus spat on the ground and he made clay with the saliva. He then anointed the eyes of the blind with the clay and said to him, go wash in the pool of Salaam. So he went and washed and he came back seeing So the people said to him, how were your eyes open? He answered and said, a man called Jesus. (laughs) A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool and wash. So I went and washed and I received my sight. Please hear me, saints of God. When we do what the man called Jesus tells us to do. Our blindness is taken away. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. When we live by faith in the Son of God, on the other side of our obedience of that faith, we see what we could not see before, and we know what we did not know before. So they brought the man who was formerly blind to, to the Pharisees, and it was a Sabbath when Jesus had made the clay, and there was always... Problematic. Pharisees asked him how he had received this sight. He said to them, He put clay on my eyes and I wash and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such things? And there was a vision among them. So they, so they said to the blind man again, What do you say about him who opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. He's a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and that he received his sight through this miracle. So they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and they asked them, saying, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then do he now see? His parent answered and said, we know that this is our son. And we know that he was born blind. About what means he now sees, we don't know. We don't know who opened his eyes. He's of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. You see, his parents said this because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that Jesus was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. So they again called for the, men who was blind, for the man who was blind, and they said to him, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. And he who was blind answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. But one thing I do know, and that is this. I once was blind, but now I see. That is our testimony. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was deaf, but now I hear. I once was dead, but now I'm alive in Christ Jesus. But what did he do, they asked the man. How did he heal you? Look, the man said, I told you once, didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they cursed him. And they said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why, that's a strange thing, the the man replied. He healed my eyes. And yet you don't know where he comes from? We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he's ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he could not have done it either. You were born a total sinner, They answered, Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. When Jesus healed this man, the religious leaders of the day would not accept it as a work of God because Jesus healed him on the Sabbath. Listen to me, saints of God. When you add, But God, to your and you, people around you may not understand it and they may not accept it because God's work in you will far exceed what the minds of this world can ever comprehend. And you, but God. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. But God has made you alive. And you once walked according to the course of this world. But God has given you his word to live by. And you were once led by the prince of the power of air. But God has given you his spirit to guide you. And you once lived according to the lust of your flesh, but God has delivered you from the power of sin. And you once fulfilled the desire of your flesh, but God has given you the fruit of his spirit. And you were once by nature children of wrath, but God through Jesus Christ made you his child. And you were once without love. But God, who is love, has given you himself. And you once dwelled in the depths of spiritual depravity. But God has raised you up and made you to sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And you were once without hope. But God saved you through the gift of faith. And you were once a slave to sin. But God has made you his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. I started this message with a NASA story. And I like to end it with one. Some of you will remember this. Many of you will not. It's gonna date you, but that's okay. <laughs> Before NASA created the space shuttle program, American ships and helicopters were used to recover astronauts from the sea once they returned to Earth. How many of you remember that? Date yourself. Go on and date yourself. Okay, yeah. The tiny spacecraft would land in the vast sea and determining the latitude and longitude of the landing was extremely important to rescue the astronauts. Heaven lands and then located in the enormous ocean, the astronauts were lifted out of the waters into a helicopter, which would then take them to to safety. I want you to get a picture of that. I want you to see that as God. God stands ready. To rescue man out of the vast darkness of this world. Genesis 1 verse 2 says the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I'm here to tell you, church. The God who hovered then still hovers over the lives of men. There's darkness on the face of the earth now as it was then. Then there was a natural darkness. Today there is a spiritual darkness. Yet the Spirit of God hovers over the, over man ready to drop his lifeline to anyone who is in darkness and lift them to a place of safety. He hovers over the earth, seeking to pluck from the grips of sin immortal souls in danger of drowning in hell. He tosses out his lifeline to all. And those who grab hold to it are lifted out of the darkness of this world into the glorious light of his son. They're pulled to safety and eventually taken to heaven. But those who ignore his lifeline, believing they can make it on their own, end up eternally doomed. For those of you who remember when the helicopter would drop the lifeline to the astronauts and lift them out of the waters. Can you imagine an astronaut saying, I don't want to take that lifeline? I cannot. Yet those who refuse to take hold of God's lifeline, it's like an astronaut refusing to be lifted out of the ocean into the safety of a helicopter hovering above. Have you taken hold of God's life man? Have you allowed him to lift you out of the darkness of the deep waters of this world into a safe place? A darkness that comes in many forms. It could be a darkness of depression. It could be a darkness of despair, a darkness of hopelessness, a darkness of fear, a darkness of not feeling like you're good enough. You don't measure up. You're not accepted. The darkness of this world comes in many forms. Yet the spirit of God hovers over mankind ready to drop God's lifeline and lift us to a place of safety. David said in Psalm 139, 23 and 24, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. David's plea was for God to replace his and you with but God. If we'd only realize that this world can rise no higher be no stronger or no better than the individuals in it perhaps we'll be more committed to tell people about this man called Jesus who comes to take away their blindness there's nothing wrong with the world the trouble lies with the people of the world if the world is bad It's bad because the people are bad. If the world is confused, it's because people are confused. If the world is godless, it's because people are godless. But listen, you do not have to live one more day in darkness because the light of this world has come. And you, but God. But for God, we're all doomed. Because I and you will never be good enough to lift us to a place of safety and keep us there. Only God can do that. I want to pray for you. Do you need to take a hold of God's lifeline today? What is it that you need from your father? How do you need your eyes open? What do you need to hear? What do you need to receive from him? The spirit of God is hovering over your life. And he's dropped God's lifeline. All you've got to do is look up. And take hold of it. And hold on. And God will lift you. To a safe place. And keep you there. Lord I thank you for this people. I thank you for this amazing church. I thank you for Pastor Farrell. And the leadership team here. And God I pray. That each one of us. Would, would, would examine our lives. Examine our walk with you. And see what we have dependent upon. Our and you. Instead of our but God. And that we look up. Open our eyes. Take hold of your lifeline and allow you to lift us to a place of safety. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this people. And I speak your blessings over them now. In the mighty name of Jesus. We give our and use to you, God. We take hold of our but God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.